All right, great. You here? Yep. All right, cool. All right, great. Okay, what's up, guys? Uh, welcome to the Threes of Crowd podcast. It's your host, uh, Trey Gant. I got my co-host here, uh, Mr. Trevion Prout. Um, today, we're going to be discussing, um, you know, some topics here today uh, regarding the NBA play-in uh, with the Warriors and the Lakers, um, discussing who we think going to win. Um, and kind of our keys to the game uh, coming up here shortly. Also, the Spurs and Grizzlies are playing, but let's be honest, I don't think we really care about that game. Um, so we're going to keep it to the Lakers <laughs> and the Warriors. Um, then we're going to be discussing um, J. Cole's uh, album, uh, The Off Season. Uh, kind of give our thoughts on that. Uh, you know, kind of rated 1 to 10. Some good songs, bad songs, and kind of our overall thoughts on the project. And then uh, our last topic for today is going to be discussing... Uh, now new comedian Kwame Brown uh, who has decided after 20 years to basically stand up for himself uh, and he's uh, turned into quite the comedian to be quite a funny person with some of his uh, stories regarding Matt Barnes and uh, Steven Jackson so uh, we're going to go ahead and get right into it man but first before we start off I just want to say Trevor how you doing man uh, what's going on I'm doing great man how you, how you feeling I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. Hey, we out here surviving, so that's all I can say. Okay, great. So, yeah. All right, so let's get into it. So, we're going to start off with this uh, playing game. So, I'm going I'm to let you go first, man. Kind of what's your thoughts on the game? Uh, who do you think going to win? And kind of what, what's your keys to the matchup? I would say... I think I think the Lakers are gonna win. I give the Warriors probably about a thirty-five to forty percent chance to win this game. I think LeBron is a lot healthier than others would probably like to believe. Number one, number two, one of the things that I am gonna like combat in regards to the war in regards to the Lakers' chances of winning are something that everybody's counting on them to do or have you know, on their side in this game is their ability to go big because the Warriors team are just for the the most part of this season, they go small nearly every game. That's literally how they're pretty much winning games for the most part. So I just don't think that, like, I think Drummond's, Drummond's minutes probably have to be super limited. Like, I can see him getting played off the floor quickly like the big penguin like skip wants to call him like i I just don't (laughs) see him playing a lot of minutes in this game number one number two if the warriors do win man if the warriors win somebody's gonna have to go off and it's not gonna be steph i don't think steph is gonna be able to have a game where he goes off for 40 or something like that tomorrow i just i just don't see it i i 100 believe lebron's gonna go to frank vocal and be like if we lose when it's not going to be because of him like we're going to have to make somebody else beat us besides him like he can't have anything tonight so that's when I think a Jordan Poole is really going to have to step up and I just I don't know man I don't know some guys are going to have to step up tomorrow some guys and it's going to be players who can get their own shot like Draymond's going to have to do something else other than just only facilitate the ball he's really gonna have to play really good on ad which he's done in the past he's gonna really have to like try to 
I ain't gonna say he's punked AD, but he's kind of like shut him down in the past. Yeah, AD uh, struggles with Draymond a yeah. few times, kind of like he does with Capella, where he kind of like takes them out there. I ain't gonna say rhythm because Capella don't have a rhythm, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, he just makes them, you know, look look like lesser players to a certain extent. So I don't know. I just I would just give the words like a forty percent chance. If they do win, it's because a guy like, you know, uh, Damian Lee goes off or Jordan Poole. I know Jordan Poole can, like, get his own shot and cook off the dribble and stuff like that. Wiggins, that's another guy. Wiggins is going to have to have a, a really big game, especially on the defensive end. You're not going to shut down LeBron, but if y'all can slow him down and take advantage of the fact that he's, you know, slightly hobbled, just like, you know, about 15%, whatever, whatever small number it is, then I give them a, a – I still only give them, like, a 40% chance. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I, I, at them, I think the Lakers will win just because I think they're the better overall team, and I think they're going to be locked in defensively from the start. Um, but I do think that, like, I agree with you. The only way the Warriors are going to win, Steph, yeah, Steph has to have a great game. But uh, I completely agree with you. You know, they're going to have to have somebody else step up with. That's the Wiggins, a pool. Um, you know, Damian Lee, Draymond. Draymond has to have a game seven 2016 to, to in my opinion. Like, I, I think he's going to have to look to score and score often. Um, and I think what the one thing that the Warriors have to do, because obviously they're going to play small, is they can't let the Lakers play big. If the Lakers are able to stay big, it's over. Because Dream, uh, Drummond and AD are going to pound the glass. Like, the Warriors have to be able to go small and stay small the entire game. And I, and I do agree, too, with the um, Draymond and AD. For whatever reason, Draymond, I think sometimes what Draymond does to bigs is that because Draymond is undersized, I think bigs sometimes get frustrated that they can't back him down and that they just naturally float out to the three-point line uh, naturally float out to the uh, to the like mid range, right? Because he's because he's strong, and they think like, damn, he's six seven. Like I should be able to bully him, but because he does have really good strength and he knows how to position himself, I think sometimes he's able to frustrate them into just taking long twos. You know, we saw that when they played like you know Boogie Cousins or when they played Zach Randolph back in the day, or you know Tim Duncan. Like he did Kevin Love, like. Kevin Love couldn't back him down, and that made Kevin Love a liability because now he's just standing on the three-point line. So I think Draymond has that ability of being undersized actually helps him in these matchups because I think it's kind of like a psychological thing. Um, but I think the Lakers, like I said, I just think LeBron has to have – he doesn't have to have a, a historic game, but I think he has to look to score. I think in these type of games, especially when it's kind of – like a, a March Madness one and done type format that like pass first, you know, get the guys involved kind of thing that can't, that can't fly. Like he can't be kicking it out to KCP and, and Caruso and Kuzma and they out there bricking it up. It, right. It can't, it can't happen. It especially, cannot happen. Especially since there's nobody on the, that he's going to have to guard on the words. that's going to make him work defensively. Right. And then on the, there's no one that can stop him on their roster. Like, right, you know, Draymond's gonna have his hands full with AD. So, I mean, what are you gonna do? Put try to send Ubre and, and Wiggins on him? And well, I think are... the guy. Well, I think I think the thing a guy that may be really underrated in this game is Kevon Looney, because they may they may say 
towards maybe the second half and towards the end of the game, if Wiggins is struggling with LeBron, which, you know, obviously could happen, I could definitely see Steve Kerr saying, hey, Looney, hey, you got AD, we're going to put Draymond on LeBron. And if Looney's able to hold his own against AD, that may allow Draymond to go, you know, rotate out to, to LeBron. And then you can put Wiggins on a lesser guy like Schroeder, you know, or, or, or Crusoe, where, you know, his defensive prowess would show up against them where it wouldn't show up against LeBron. Um, so I think Looney uh, will, will could be a big factor in this game. But like I say, it, it ultimately comes down to can the Warriors, as Shaq likes to call them, the others, are they going to be able to hit shots? It's as simple as that. I see the Lakers trapping Steph Curry from the beginning. They're not going to let him get off. Uh, the only way I think Steph is going to get off is – uh, in transition, like if you know if the Lakers miss and the Warriors get out and run, and he gets hot that way, I just to me smart coaching would be take the ball out of his hands every time. I don't care if it's like a, a you know like a, a crappy defense. Like, hey, you do what you gotta do to win these games. And so to me, I would just take Steph out the game and trap him. I right. trap him at half court and say, hey, if Wiggins has forty tonight and beats us, Draymond has twenty five and beats us. You got to live with it. But Steph cannot go off for 40, hit eight, nine threes and, and be in the game. Which are two very unlikely things to happen. Exactly. But also, I mean, I'm not going to walk back my kind of like comments that we started or I used to open up the, this uh, segment. But in the same breath, is, is that an indictment against Steph that we can sit here and say like, oh, they're just going to take him away? Like, like I think it, it's it's... It's somewhat of an indictment, but it's also not because of the style of ball that he plays. Because he is a shooter and he is small, like he can't he can't go to the post and just dom and say, okay, if you come to the post and and double, I can kick it out to shooters, like because that's not his game. So, kind of in a weird way, his I guess like his. The, the fact that you can kind of te- technically take him out the game is actually a benefit to his teammates in a weird way because when you're trapping a guy at half court, that opens up the floor for so many other options. Like, you see it all the time where, you know, teams trap Steph Curry and he kicks it out to Draymond and Draymond's on the short roll and it's four on three, you know. And at the end of the day, it's up to his teammates to have to knock down shots, you know, because Steph... He's going to get doubled. It's as simple as that. Like, he, you know, it's a testament to his greatness. But he's he's going to generate opportunities. He's right. always going to do that. Right. But it's also an indictment on his teammates. It's like, we, we're we not going to let you beat us. You know, it's kind of like we were talking about with Kobe back in the day. Like, in a playoff game, if you're smart, like, yeah, Kobe's still going to try to chuck it up. But, yeah, you're going to double team him and say, hey, uh, Kwame Brown or <laughs> Luke Walton or, you know, Smush Parker. Like, yeah, beat us. And you're not going to 99% of the time, it's not going to happen. So, right. You know, so I think, like I said, if I'm the Lakers, I don't care what it, I, hey, I do it. And Steph, he's going to have to find a way. And Steph's a smart man. Steph has been trapped his entire career. Uh, he knows it's coming. He's not dumb. Um, so, I, hopefully, Steve Kerr has some type of counter to that uh, trap that's coming because they're, they're, they're just not, they're not going to let Steph beat them. It's just not going to happen. I hope he doesn't make the same – well, talking about Steve Kerr, I hope he doesn't make the same mistake he made in Game 7. I hope he stays small 
Well, there's no Festus Azili or Anderson Varejao to right, start, right, right. and whomever he thinks about putting in the game, like you know, do what you do best, do what y'all do best, because that's y'all. That's the Warriors' only hope. No, I agree. No, they have to go. Their their rotation has to be probably seven or eight tops, and it has to be. To me, he doesn't like doing it, but I'd run Steph, Steph and Draymond pick and roll the entire game. As and long as Drummond is in the game, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if Drummond's in the game, yeah, you attack him all night until you get him out. Until, yep, until he comes yeah. out of the game. Exactly. Yeah, so I, yeah, I would definitely attack that matchup. But I, I would screen and roll him to death until he, until Frank Vogel's forced to call a timeout and just say, you're not playing in this <laughs> Yeah, like, sit down. That's... That's what the Warriors did. I mean, that's what the Warriors did to Kevin Love in all those finals. Like they pretty much just did. He was unplayable. Like they had this Rudy Gobert on playoff runs. Yeah, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, like that happens. Gobert every series, honestly. Yeah, Clint Capella. Like the the Warriors in their heyday. Like if you have a center that cannot move and defend a pick and roll, they're gonna run it until you get him off the floor. So, uh, so like I said, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, you know, hopefully it's a good game. Uh, we got a pretty good game going on right now with Tatum going crazy right now um, against the the Wizards. Um, so we're gonna get into this next topic, this uh, the off season man with uh, Jay Cole. Uh, he dropped a project uh, May 14th. Um, you know, it, to me, it was a really good project. You know, I I wouldn't say classic anything like that because uh, to me, I think people throw that word around way too often when it comes to music like and especially it's only been out less than a week <laughs> so it's hard to call something a classic less than a week out but i thought the project was solid i you know if i had rated it a one out of ten i i think i'd give it 8.5 man 8.5 okay yeah what's your favorite I, I, song i that's tough i i think my favorite song if i had to to say was probably a hundred mil um, I just re- beat in the in the in the flow. Um, also, I like I thought applying pressure was good too. Like Cole was really to me in this album was kind of like uh, it seemed like he was talking to his critics, like saying like, okay, y'all want me to to rap a certain way or y'all had this certain viewpoint of me. But I'm, I'm gonna show y'all that I can do other things, and that's kind of the, the the vibe I got from the project in total. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like I said I don't think it's uh, his best to me. That will always be Born Center. Um, what? Not Force Hills? Not Force Hills. Force Hills Drive is really good, and it's a I, there's not many bad. But to me, if you would ask me to rate his pro, is out like to me Born Center, and then I guess Friday Night Lights doesn't count as an album per se. But if you were to say his projects, I'd probably go Friday Night Lights 1. No, I'm sorry. Born Center 1, Friday Night Lights 2, Forest Hills Drive 3, and this Project 4. I, I thought KOD was not good. And for your eyes only, I don't even think we have to discuss why that's not top tier. So, Okay. Well, I'm going to give the album, I'm going to give it an 8. I'm going to give it an 8 flat. Uh, my favorite song, right as of this moment, is "My Life" with Twenty One Savage, and I'm gonna I'm yeah. say Murray. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like that's a lot. Like the outro, "Hunger on Hillside," is really like that's a good song. Close. Like I don't know. It's just like it was good to hear this album, 
and hear Cole kind of like talking that shit because like yeah. for a while he kept doing the subtle like like boom bap beats and stuff like that he wasn't working with other producers and another thing that's crazy is like like for this for you to say this is your last album I feel like this is the hungriest you've sounded in music since Forest Hills Drive you know what I'm saying like since yeah. 2014 like this is the hungriest I've heard you rap and it's like it's a little bit of like the cadence and flow is kind of close to what everybody is kind of trying to capture right now because it's hot and it's a sound but he does a good job of mixing in like what he does best with what people are one are gonna want to hear from him at the same time kind of like how drake does like drake's constantly evolving but at the same at the same time he's gonna give you songs to where it's like like nah that's drake like right you know what i'm saying i feel like that's what cole did here and I don't know, I feel like I missed that. I feel like he could have been doing this before. Like, it don't have to, why we had to wait till like, it's the last one. But like I said, bro, I give this like an eight out of 10. Now, in regards to his discography, bro, I'm gonna say like, to me, Born Center is my favorite. I ain't gonna lie, Born Center is my favorite. Mm-hmm. But if we're gonna talk about his best, to me, Force Hills Drive is his best, to, in my opinion. Like, so yeah, I, that, yeah, that's fine. I go between the two, but like I think Force of Drive is, is his best. But I like Born Center the most. I feel like that's when I really started like getting to the me. Cold. Was that summer? yeah, like, yeah? No, I agree. Like I, I just I remember listening to that because I think that was the summer of twenty, not thirteen. Yeah, that was thirteen. Yeah, and I and I remember listening to that. Yeah, listening to that album and just and that's back when you know before that. Shout out to K Dot man. Uh, because uh, before them out, before you can really get them on Apple Music like that, you have to hear them on like the MP3 like <laughs> illegal sites. Facts. Uh, yeah, shout out to K Dot man because he used to come clutch with the music back in high school, and I remember just hearing snippets like, and to me like Born Center to me kind of like you said that hunger like that's why I I think it's number one for me is just just that boy like he was talking on that on that whole out like he was just like he like from. His, to me, like, he was just talking, like, I'm that guy, and, like, I'm gonna show y'all why I'm that guy, and then, like, the storytelling, like, to me, he just had a perfect, um, I think Cole sometimes, he has, like, a, um, a tendency to, he, he tries to play into his persona too much of a deep guy, a deep thinker, uh, intellectual with his music, and it's like, yeah, Cole, we, we do listen for that. You know, we we do listen for that 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 deeper meaning and and that and that you know double and triple entendres. But sometimes we just want to listen to some ignorant shit. Like we we just want to listen to you like tear somebody up, like you did um, Lil Pump. Like to me, that's what I like. You know, I like that style of just like like if he was like the song um, uh, a lot in Middle Child. Like I was telling a friend of mine, like if he rapped like that on this album it's gonna be a great album like enough with the storytelling and stuff if he rapped like he did on middle child right uh like that type of rap and a lot like he did with 21 and also shout out shout out to j cole and 21 they they starting to become they not obviously they're not up there with drake and ross or or even wayne and ross or wayne and drake or uh you know when he's collabs like you know they they fire together like, but between a lot and this, like they they have a really good chemistry on on the track. And to me, 
that's not something I would think as those are like two kind of different artists, but for some reason together they they make yeah, some it really mixes well. It mixes well. Yeah, they make some really good music. Um, and they like I said, they're starting to get up there with these other dynamic duos of like when they get together, you know it's gonna be fire. Um but like I said, I, I, I think it was a, a very solid album. Um like I said, I, I think it was eight eight point five out of ten. Um I think Cole also I I just don't think he can go out like this though. It was really good, but he needs one more. I think he needs one more kind of like farewell album. That's what I really would want, honestly. Or like do and he he probably won't, but do a deluxe. Do a deluxe, yeah. bro. Do a deluxe. Add like I say I'll take like another four songs. Also, man, like I saw him post a picture with Drake a couple years ago. They was chilling in the car riding around. Dog, I hope they got another song. Like y'all gotta make another song together. Y'all gotta make one more, please. Like, yeah. like we already didn't get the Kendrick thing. You know, that was supposed to happen like five years ago, six years ago. That was supposed to happen in this that been posted since like twenty fourteen that they gonna do a collab together. Like, bro, it's okay. It's all right. Kendrick's missing anyway. I don't even know where that man at. But like, bro, yeah. can we get another Yeah, you could like can you and Drake do a song together or what? Like, what's going on, bro? Yeah, well, well, Drake's gotta take care of his kids, you know, uh, the ones he don't take care of. So, all right, yeah, all right, we're, we're yeah, yeah. push a T stand over here. <laughs> hey, I'm not a push a push a T sucks, but uh, oh, okay, <laughs> couldn't tell. But he did expose Drake because Drake, you know, he what he. Hey man, this is about Cole. We're, we're not doing this. Not today. I just, I just want to know, you know, hiding the world. From we're not. Kid. Yeah, that's cool and all. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Drake, Drake stands. Please don't give this a bad review. I, I like the first week. Yeah, yeah. Right. That, that's cool and all, but he he got a torn meniscus, so he can't produce music. That's what I've been told. But it's all good. Uh, shout out to Drake, man. Uh, so we go. We gonna get into this last topic, man. Before we get out of here, we gonna get into this, man. Now this is somebody I didn't know was this funny. Like I didn't know this man was a comedian at all. Like, like I barely heard this man talk. I've never and, heard him talk. Yeah, and now that he's talking, he is the funniest person I I want to listen to. Like he's legit top ten people I want to listen to right now on the internet, and that's Kwame Brown. And uh, to my sports fans out there that's listening to this podcast, a lot of y'all know Kwame Brown as a, a punchline, a joke, a uh, you know uh, a bust. Uh, you know, Stephen A. Smith eviscerated this man on national television. Yeah. Um, but uh, apparently Kwame's had enough of it. And uh, after 20 years of basically being slandered and told he sucks uh, for his entire career, he's decided to clap back. And uh, clap back he has. And uh, so basically this started with Stephen Jackson and uh, Matt Barnes. You know, they had the All the Smoke podcast, uh, which is a really good podcast. But they had Jeannie Buss on there. And, of course, she was discussing the trade that sent, you know, Kwame, Javari Crampton, and some picks over to Memphis for Paolo Saul. And as she's discussing the trade, you know, Steven Jackson basically makes a joke like, oh, you know, not only one person was involved in that trade, and that's Mark Gasol basically saying nobody cares that Kwame Brown was in that deal. And then also it kind of got flamed up by Gilbert Arenas, you know, saying that, uh, Kwame was a, a, a show horse, you know, a show pony. Um, 
and what you know basically wasn't that good. So Kwame Brown decided to break his social media silence and uh, you know basically call these guys out for what they've said. Um, called Matt Barnes Becky with the good hair. Um, said that uh, you know he, he doesn't know if he's white or black. He needs to get the anger out of his voice. Um, you know, called Steven Jackson out for flying out strippers. <laughs> uh, you know, just Kwame emptying the clip basically on these guys. Uh, so I kind of want to get your thoughts on Kwame in general. Like, do you agree with Kwame coming after these guys? And like, this is kind of what, what do you think about the whole situation? Man, I, <clears throat> I like Stacks. I like, uh, you know, uh, Matt Barnes, of course. Like, MJ's the GOAT. You know, all these people. Gilbert Arenas is hilarious and all this stuff. But I ain't gonna lie, man. I'm rocking with Kwame because, now, number one, I don't know what took him so long. Like, and <laughs> why really. that, that one interview was the one that set you off after, like, you spent your entire career, like, literally from, like, 05, 06, the earliest to where that, that's when I found out who Kwame Brown was, all the way up until now, and you finally saying something and standing up for yourself, like, that ain't none of my business, bro, but hey man, it's a, hey, he a grown man, at some point hey, you just get tired of it, bro you just get tired of it, now, it's crazy like, that that one comment that was made was like the, the breaking point for him but, I mean They've we people have been very very harsh on Kwame Brown for years, bro. Like the Stephen A. segment on ESPN. <laughs> if y'all haven't, bro, please look that up. Just type in Stephen A. Smith, Kwame Brown trade. It's the first thing that pops. The up, stuff man. that he says about him, <laughs> like he calls him a bona fide scrub. He says he has. Then he says stuff that don't even like. He has small hands. He has bad feet. Like. It's he just doesn't have, he can't put a post move to memory that he yeah. can do twice in a row. He can do twice in a row, like <laughs> it's bad. And it's like Kwame is probably already aware of these things. He just don't need everybody to constantly be reminding him <laughs> insane. Like if you check Kwame's career stats, bro, he's only averaged above 10 points in his career one time. Right. He's never averaged 10 rebounds ever in a season. Literally, literally never. And he has a career average of six points and five rebounds at six eleven. What two sixty two seventy? Like yeah. He Kwame's very aware of the career that he had and didn't have, so he doesn't need everybody constantly reminding him <laughs> and just being the butt of everybody's jokes. Like especially, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm like, but it's just like this because Kwame to me. The reason I'm laughing is just because, like, Kwame is just, like, I agree with you, man. It's just, like, I think he just got tired of all the jokes. And he just, he emptied the clip. And the reason I'm dying laughing is just because I'm picturing all the quotes he said in the last, like, 48 hours. And I'm just laughing at him because Kwame really is a funny dude. And I really hope he parlays this into a podcast like we're doing or into a YouTube because Kwame really he's a big country guy and like to me he's just naturally entertaining the way he talks like yeah he's, he's just, just naturally funny <laughs> yeah like he's just like he told like he was just like uh talking about Kobe's 81 points and talking about did y'all see the pics I was sending are y'all not entertained yeah like yeah I want to see Kobe score that's what you got what's the problem <laughs> And like he was just saying, like, uh, I forgot, uh, 
he was talking about stacks, and he was like, uh, he was like, uh, you talking about I'm, I'm nobody. My mama said I am a somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that just had me dying laughing. I don't know why. Like, Kwame is just a funny dude. And I think, like I said, I just think Kwame got to a point where it's like, he's been the butt of everybody's jokes for, like I said, almost 20 years now. Um, but I will give Kwame this in all seriousness. Like, he made a great point about, um, you know, people call him a bust. And it's like, but he's like, I put my mama on in a house at a golf course at 18. How many people can say that? And, you know, I think sometimes as um, people that analyze basketball or analyze sports in general, uh, we kind of lose sight of that for some guys. For some guys, the end-all, be-all is getting into the league, whether that's the NBA, MLB, um, NFL. Like, that's what the goal is. Financial and, security. Exactly. And it's not to be the greatest or to be the best. And for Kwame Brown to have 13 years in the NBA, to me, he, he technically is a bust because he was the number one pick. But there are far worse guys out there like Anthony Bennett that never, ever niched out a career like Kwame Brown. And like I said, to some people, Kwame Brown, Kwame Brown made career earnings of $65 million. Hey, you can laugh all you want to. I'll take $65 million in my bank any day of the week. And Kwame was able to take care of his, his family. And I know me and Trey have had a discussion. Like, that's kind of the reason he came out so early. Um, there were some discussions that he probably should have went to college, but he had to provide for his family. And so he decided to come out as a number one overall pick. And he was able to do that. And like I said, to some guys, um, that's all that matters. It's not about being the best. It's not about being the greatest. It's about getting to the league and providing for their family. And to right. some guys, that's all that matters. And shout out to them for that. Because like I said, uh, Lord knows the amount of work that Kwame Brown put in in the gym to even be that good. I mean, that says a lot. I don't, I don't think people understand. Kwame Brown was the first player ever out of high school, like to be selected that high, number one. The other guys obviously that came out of high school, like Kobe and Garnett. But to be number one overall, like, right. To be the number one player in the draft, I don't think people understand how much of a um, like uh, accomplishment that is. Uh, I just think Kwame kind of went to a bad situation, you know, with the with the Wizards. It was Jordan's last year, you know, so obviously Jordan wants to win. He doesn't want to play with a kid, um, and so you know, like I said, it's a lot of things with Kwame. But Kwame did, like I said, niche out a thirteen year career. Um, you know, played from 02 to 2013, so 12, 13 years. Like I said, was on those Laker teams. And so, you know, shout out to Kwame Brown, man. Like I said, I hope he's able to turn this negative situation that it was uh, kind of into a positive. And like I said, I hope he's able to turn this into a, like I said, a podcast. Oh, oh I'm sure he, ha- I'm sure he has, man. I, mean, I think him getting all this stuff off his chest <laughs> is making him feel a lot better. And also, people got to re- like realize, like, in 01, that's a completely different NBA than we have today. Right. So, of exactly. course, they were taking bigs left and right. Like, you were crazy to go take a, a guard that early. Like, right. it, it wasn't until you got... And it, honestly, that was something super rare. Like, people felt like it was only... You only did that for generational talents or somebody that you knew was ready right then and there. So, right. you got, you know, the Jordan came early, top three. Then the Allen Iverson. And yeah. then it, later, like around this time, you started to see like, okay, Kobe, T-Mac, Vince, these guys. Okay, 
like you, you can yeah. start taking these guys this kind of this early if you if you hit correctly but it was still in a like draft big first league like right it was still inside out ball so it was completely different than what we have today right and i actually i don't think that really shifted until about i'll say about oh eight oh nine is when it really started to shift you know you had derrick rose uh john wall like that to me that's when it started shifting because even you know, from 02 to about 06, I mean, you still had, you know, guys like Darko Milliges going high. You know, LeBron was technically a small forward, so he wasn't a point guard, like a Plus, 2 Bronze draft class was different. That was, once again, oh, like, that's, uh, that's one of the greatest. Right, exactly. But I'm saying, but even then, like 05, you know, you had guys like uh, Arnie Bernardi, you know, Andre Bernardi. Like, you know, like it was still up at Greg, Greg Oden. Odin's, yeah. Yeah, you know. It was like they still had this stigma of, you know, bigs have to go really high in the draft. And then, like I said, once around Derrick Rose went in, was it, 08 or 09? Like, that's when the stigma kind of changed of, okay, we can start drafting guards. And as, after that, you know, then it turned into the opposite, where obviously bigs were never drafted that high. So, you know, obviously, like I said, you got to look at the time frame of when Kwame was drafted. And like I said, you can call him a bust. You know, I guess technically, like I said, being the number one overall pick to have the career he had, I guess technically it is a bust. But to Kwame Brown, his he did what he wanted to do, which is get his family out of whatever situation they were in. Obviously, he built a, a successful life for himself outside of basketball. He doesn't seem to be hurting for no money uh, from the looks of it. So, um, you know, shout out to Kwame Brown. Uh, like I said, if you, if, you, if you haven't listened to it, Go watch. It's kind of like an hour long, like Instagram live that he did uh, on the whole situation and why he's mad. Um, so go ahead and search that out. Um, guarantee you, you will laugh. Like it's some funny stuff in there. Like yeah, yeah, he told he, he told Matt Barnes like you know you should be Drake trying to steal other people's girls instead of being so mad all the time. Like he he has some gems in there. So uh, shout out to Kwame man. So. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get off here and wrap it up. Um, like I said, I appreciate you guys tuning in to the podcast. Uh, you guys showed a lot of love on the Levi podcast. Um, so if you haven't, please take a listen to that. Um, it's one of our highest viewed uh, or listened to episodes. Um, if you haven't, please leave us a five-star uh, review on iTunes. Um, please uh, share this uh, with your friends. Um, even if you don't uh, listen to it all the way, just share. It really helps us out getting to the recommended. So um, appreciate all the support. We're going to try to become, like I said, more consistent with these uploads. Uh, we all have hectic schedules, so it's kind of uh, hard to get everybody on the same page. But uh, all your support. Um, once again, where can they find you at on Twitter and YouTube? Underscore and Trey We Trust. And on YouTube, Trey Beyond Gaming. Awesome, yeah. Y'all go give a, a, a subscribe to my boy. Uh, really good at, at that 2K thing. So, uh, y'all know where to find me, uh, baby underscore Jesus 14. And like I said, y'all can follow the podcast at uh, threes underscore crowd podcast 24. So, once again, uh, thank you guys uh, for tuning in. Uh, also, before we get off, I want to say shout out to the uh, class of 21 NBA Hall of Fame. Uh, rest in peace, Bean. Shout out to KG. And shout out to the big fundamental Tim Duncan. Y'all were some dogs and some killers. And I enjoy enjoy the Hall of Fame. Well deserved. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time, we out. Peace.